Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. So, um, I'm going to open up with the word. How's that? Might be a good start. So, um, John 1, not 1st John. Like, why do they number them? Like, couldn't they have picked another name? <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's just like they tried to confuse me. And they even, like, where did they come up with some of their names, too? It's like, I just like think Joe or Jim or Will or, you know, something like that's way easier to say than some of these words, you know, that they throw at us. But I want to start here, and it says, In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Then it says this, Through Him all things were made. How many things? All things. And without Him nothing was made. What was made without Him? Nothing. Nothing. That has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. I was reading in, uh, um, in the Passion Translation because I really love, I think a lot of times we, we get just so caught up in different translations, but um, I love it because they really break down the Greek, Greek and um, try to put it into something that's a little, that's a little more understandable and so the live it says this um, in the beginning the living expression was already there now I just think of a word I just think oh well there's a Bible there in the beginning was a word like this is a word of God right and we think oh well, well how'd they have a Bible in the beginning right I mean it wasn't even done yet right and so but the words not just a book The word's not just something you say, but the word is a person and his name's Jesus. And this is saying that in the beginning, the living expression was already there. That's what Jesus is. He was the living expression of God right here on the earth. Now, when you think about that, that's pretty cool. Now, we go by the name Christians, a lot of us. You know what that means to be Christ-like? What does that mean? We're really, what we're saying is we're living expressions of Christ, right? Of God. And that's when Jesus come, he come to reveal the Father. And so as he's coming to reveal the Father, uh, um, he's living his life out of that expression. And he's just not living just to be kind of going through the motions, but he's living to experience every part of God, right? Because there's no separation in him. And it says this, and the living expression was with God, yet fully God. You know, like Jesus wasn't just like God and Jesus weren't just hanging out with the Holy Spirit up in heaven one day. And they're like, you know what? They really messed it up. Who's going to go down and straighten this out? And Jesus raised his hand, I'll go, right? And so that's how it happened, right? It's like they didn't even see this coming. Like they didn't know any of the, you know, No, it says, and the living expression was with God, 
yet fully God. Jesus wasn't just like a man. He was man. He come to earth as man. In fact, it says anyone who says that he doesn't come in flesh, that's not true, right? In fact, they're deceiving you, right? Jesus come in flesh, not just in a human body, but fully as God. That's why when he spoke, the wind and the waves obeyed him. That's why he spoke when he spoke like, like the dead come back to life, not because of what he did, but because he is life. And you don't get what you do, you get what you are. And that's who he is. And that, that's who Jesus is. He's life. He's healing. He's resurrection. He's love. And so as I was sitting here thinking about this stuff, um, there's this great, great um, sage. And um, his name's Matthew McConaughey. Anybody ever hear of Matthew McConaughey? And he was teaching these kids, and he was talk- they were talking about the word unbelievable. And he said, you know something? I always hear the word unbelievable, and I think that's the most in- in arrogant word I've ever heard. Because if something's unbelievable, what you're really doing is you're limiting God. Now think about that when you say, well, that's unbelievable. Oh, well, God, you have this limit right here, so... If you go above that, that's unbelievable. The Bible says that Abraham didn't believe God. Or Abraham believed God that he would do this much. Are you guys awake this morning? <laughs> I know like all of our teams got beat yesterday, unless you're a Husky fan and uh, you know, and we're from West Virginia, right? But Okay, see what I'm talking about? It's not unbelievable. God is believable. You can trust him and you can know that he's here and that he's here for you and with you and wanting to do great things in your life. It says, and the expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through this creative inspiration, this living expression made all things For nothing has existence apart from him. Now listen to this again. They were together face to face. Really what it's saying is they were so intertwined that they were so together that God was so in love with them and was so for them or with each other that they were just like here, shining their faces toward each other. Now in the Bible it says we do a blessing in Hebrew. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Remember when Moses was wanting to see God and, and see his glory and talk to God, and God says, well, was it Moses or Elijah? I don't remember. I think it was a, one of the prophets. And all he could see was the hinder parts of God as he passed by, right? And so I don't want to see God pass him by and miss him. I want to see him and know him. See, you can see his works You can see what he's doing, but you won't necessarily always see his face. Like it's a difference between knowing God and experiencing God. Knowing and seeing the results of what God done. We can see that chair. God made that chair. He made this. He's in this. Do you know that? He's in in all things. It says when he's in all things, he's in all things, including you and including every person out there, like even our DNA has uh, lamini in it and uh, um, it's got when you put it under a microscope it's got the cross 
So he is in all things, and in him and through him all things exist. Pretty powerful, right? When, when, you, really, when you really grasp it. And so, face to face, I want to know him. I just don't want to see what he does. I just don't want to just see his blessings, but I want to know him. Right? Paul said, said to know him and the power of his resurrection. But when you know him and you're face to face, then you really see who he is and see how much he loves you and see how much he's for you. And then, you know, you know something he's going to do good and great things in, in my life. And I'm thankful for that. Right. When I, when I know that. Right. So I want to go over here. I'm going to go to Psalms 139. And it says this, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Oh, man, that's good for some things and not so good on others. <laughs> right? I mean, you want to, I'm going to search you. I'm going to do it now. I feel like I'm at the airport. Right? Going through that. Oh, man, you didn't pass. The buzzer's going off. And so now God's going to search us. Right? He's saying, I, Oh, Lord, you have searched me. Oh, Lord, what is Lord? That's Yahweh. That's Yudhe That's I am that I am. Not the great I was or the great I'm going to be, but the ever-present help in the time of trouble. His name, the great I am. Oh, I am that I am. You have searched me and you know me. Now, we might not know him, but he knows you. And he says this, you know when I sit and you know when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Oh, he's like, man, I know what you're going to think before you think it. I know what you're going to say before you say it. I know when you're going to sit and I know when you're going to stand up and I know when you're going to watch football. I know when you're going to. You know, do all that. Like, really, if, if he really, he should give us clues, especially like if we're playing football. You know, like, hey, you're going to fumble. Knock it off. <laughs> right? That'd be a whole lot better. But we can do that in life, too. Hey, you're going to fumble. Knock it off. Right? But anyway, he knows it all. And it says this, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Now, he already knows who you are. He already knows everything you're going to do. And yet, he sent his son, his only son, his son whom he loves to die for you. That's pretty powerful, right? The thing is, is like, I want to know him like he knows me. I just don't want to... I just don't want to have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. And I, I'm not even stuck on the power. I just want to know him. Who are you? Do you love me? Do, are you a good dad? Are you a mean dad? Are you, do you need to go to counseling? Do you, you know, because some of the stuff I hear, you seem like you might be a little schizophrenic. Who are you really? What are you really, what are you really like? I want to know you. So we had this um, yesterday, my, three of my granddaughters call and um, on FaceTime, me and Linda were talking. And so like, I love like when I'm talking to them, 
I'm like making faces at them and making them laugh and all this stuff. But Linda gets on the phone and they all just line up and they're just talking. Right? I was like, how do you do that? Because like when they look at me, all they want to do is I, like we, we play and we, you know, and make faces. And I was like, you know what? I don't know how to talk to little girls. Like, obviously, and like I've had, I had three daughters, right? You know, think I'd figure it out right now. I was like, how do you do that? And she's like, you just got to ask them questions and talk to them, but ask them questions that don't need an answer. And I was like, how do you ask a question without expecting an answer? Isn't that like the whole point? <laughs> right? Just don't get it. So, you know what? You ask the questions and I'll make faces and have fun. Right? But we were face to face with them. Even, we were on FaceTime. Right? And it was so wonderful because I could see their faces and, and we get to know them and, and I know about them and I know what they like and I hear what they're doing but, but I also have this playful, you know, I'm just kind of a joker in word. I just want to have fun, you know. And so God's like that too. Like he wants to know us except he knows how to talk to us. But I think sometimes we don't know how to talk to him. I think we're really good at making faces at him. <laughs> right? But we're not always really good at, at um, communicating with him. A lot of times we don't even tell him what's going on. He already knows. Hey, Abba, I'm having a really hard time. Hey, Abba. Woohoo! My team won the Super Bowl. You know what? He cares about all that stuff. That matters to him. He's a good dad and he loves you. And, and so it says, You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you complete, you know it complete, completely, O oh Lord. So we were doing uh, a baptism up at the um, rodeo grounds several weeks ago. And when I got there, I went to, I had to use a water tank. I have to go to the um, feed store and get a water tank. So I went and got the water tank from the feed store and these guys were helping me load it up and they're, they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm the pastor at the cowboy church and we're going to baptize a couple of people. And the guy looks at me and he goes, I want to be baptized. And I was like, well, sure, come on down, you know. You're the next contestant on that. We'll see if we can drown you, right? And so, anyway, um, he's like, I can't get off work. And he goes, you know what? What's funny, he goes, me and my buddy, he said, we've just been talking about different things. And, and then we started talking about Jesus. And then we decided that we both believed in Jesus. And then we decided, you know, since we believe in Jesus, maybe we should get baptized. And I didn't even know how to get baptized. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you know how many times I've preached? And like, begged people to come to Jesus, right? And the Holy Spirit just does it all on its own, right? And so I was like, cool. I was like, well, I'd love to baptize you. And, and um, so I'm going to hear their whole story. I haven't heard their whole story yet, but we're going we're to baptize them actually this afternoon when, when I leave here. And, um, but um, another young man that was sitting over there, he goes, I want to get baptized too. He goes, I used to go for, to church when I was younger and I Gave my heart to Jesus, but I've never gotten baptized, and I just like to recommit my life to Him. And I was like, "Why is it that it's not supposed to be this easy? It's supposed to be way harder. Like, like you guys are making me look bad, you know?" 
And so, anyway, um, I'm really excited about that, but God knows our thoughts. The Holy Spirit can do more in one second than we can do in years if we will just trust Him. Isn't that incredible? And so, He says, you hem me, you hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Have you ever tried to outrun someone who's everywhere? Especially someone who's in you? Now, I just thought about this. Like, if I was going to hide God, where is the last place I would look? In here. And that's exactly what God did. In him, he's in all things. So when people are coming to Jesus, really they're awakening that he's their Messiah and they're receiving the gift that he gave them. He's like, here's your gift. Are you going to ever open it? It's salvation. He doesn't wait until we walk down and say these, these words and then all of a sudden say, okay, now I'll jump in you. Now think about that for a minute. He's saying, I've got a gift for you. It's salvation. You know what? I'll wait till you say the words and then my salvation is going to count for you. Only thing we have to do is walk into it. We get to make a choice. Am I going to accept what you've done? Or, or am I going to try to work it out on my own? Open the gift, man. It's the greatest gift you'll ever, ever, ever open. The consequence? The consequence of grace is righteousness. Right? Not the condition for it. Grace produces righteousness and opens us up for all that God has. Everything has consequence. We always talk about the consequence of sin like, like it's the worst thing in the world, which it is. Then we focus on that, but we forget that God's grace is so much powerful than that. Otherwise, we have grossly underestimated the finished work of the cross. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace is in trouble. Because sin's so dark and there's no way to overcome it, right? No. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace superabounds, right? So that's really powerful when, when, when you think about it, it. There's a consequence to the cross. There was a consequence to Jesus' sacrifice. That consequence was what we should have paid with our sin on that cross, but Jesus paid it for us. And the consequence that Jesus took for us produces grace, it produces right standing and righteousness in us before God. And so now we can stand before God. Hey, Daddy, here I am. There's a consequence to it, and it's a good consequence. It's just not bad when you think about that. Now listen. Where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up in the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Maybe it's because he's in all things. Do you think? Maybe that might have a little bit to do with it. 
If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become, became night around me, even the darkness will be dark to you. What will not be dark to you? The night will shine like the day, for darkness is light to you. Sounds kind of a little bit like we were reading in John, right? For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So I was... Um, watching this TV show and, and it was a series and it was about um, what, what would have happened if like they hadn't won World War II the Allies hadn't won World War II and I was watching this and it's incredible seeing what the, you know, from the Germans and the Japanese and like one has one half of the US and one has the other half and like a lot of the Jews were, were like completely annihilated but there's still some of these that are still alive you know even grandkids of Jewish people that are are getting persecuted and other people like Jews aren't the only ones who are killed by the Nazis right and so I'm watching this show and getting getting engulfed in it like why am I watching this thing right because all I'm doing is I'm getting frustrated because part of me is feeling like a second-hand citizen Anybody ever feel like a second-hand citizen sometimes? It's like, like, because they have all these rules and they have all these things, and like, they literally are still trying to destroy a group of people, right? And if you didn't agree with them, you know what they're going to do? They're going to kill you. It's like some churches I've been to, too. (laughs) Right? Like some political rallies we've been to, right? So all they want to do is like, so it seems like, like, all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? They feel like a second-hand citizen. And I was like, you know what? It's like it jumped out of the TV at me. And I was like, you know what? I feel like a second-hand citizen. And then I started to have a pity party. Anybody ever have a pity party? And so I'm starting to have this pity party. I think, I'm a second-hand citizen. I'm just like, don't feel like this. And, and all, all this stuff. And then I was like, wait a second. Um, the kingdom of God's a government too. What if I'm a second-hand citizen in the kingdom of God? See, what if this don't work out like I wanted, or that doesn't work out like I wanted, or it doesn't go this way or that way, and I feel like, you know what, I've been rejected, or God doesn't hear me, or maybe I'm not as important as this. Because like some people, they, they just do things and it's all that great. Like, like Timothy Moore, I love Timothy Moore, but that dude sneezes and four people get saved. Like, I can't even lead him to Jesus. The Holy Spirit has to do it for me. And then I show up and, and get to do the fun part, right? But then you're like, well, God, why don't I have that gift? Or God, why is this not coming? Is it because you don't love me enough? Or is it because I'm a second-hand citizen of the kingdom? Even worse, what if I'm a second-hand son? That'd be really worse, right? Because you remember the, the prodigal son when he was coming back to the father... And, and he's like, you know what? I don't have to even be a son anymore. I don't even have to be like the first or the second son. I'll just come back and be a servant because even the servants in my father's house are being treated better than you. And then here, we, sometimes we feel like we're sons of God or we know we're sons of God, but we feel like maybe we're just the black sheep of the family or maybe we're just not quite good enough or 
Like, am I the only one who's ever felt like that? I am? Oh, no. Right? And so I, I went to battle. I was like, Father, am I, am I a second-hand son? And I woke up the next morning, and I get this text. And I only got two texts from this church in my entire life. I know their pastor, and he's a really good, really good guy, young guy, but I don't know why they're sending me texts now. But the next morning, I woke up, and it says this, Hi, James. You are immensely valuable to God. He dreamed you up and carefully created you, and he doesn't make mistakes. Now, what a coincidence. Right? The moment where maybe you feel like you're secondhand, or maybe, you know, God just kind of misprinted, you know, when he did his, his planning, or, and he sends you this. And then there's a scripture with it. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Whoa, think about that. Psalms 103 says, Praise the Lord, bless the Lord, O my, o my soul, O my in, inmost being. You know what? He created that. That means all those things that matter to me. He created that. Those desires he's given us, those gifts he's given us. Like some people are really good with numbers. Like I can barely count my horses. I only, only, only if they can stand still. Right? But that's a gift that people have, right? Some people can sing. Some people can't. Right? Some people can do electrical. Some, some people can go to Kenya. Some people can play racquetball or tennis or got all these other gifts, right? But God put that. He gave you these gifts. All those things come from him and are through him and in him, right? He made you. The inmost being, which that tells me, I am not just this. In fact, if we think we're just this, we're going to be in trouble. All this stuff, it's going to pass away. All this stuff, the chairs you're sitting in, the microphones, that, this here, all that stuff is not who you are. He's saying you are special, so special that I formed you and loved you just like you are. Yet from your inmost being, for you created my in, inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You know what he's saying? He brought it together. He intertwined us all together. We're wrapped up, not just in, in ourselves, but in him. And that was pretty powerful for me to hear. And then after that, they asked me a question. Although they want to, I'm sure there's an answer for this question. Right? Not just like my, my Linda asking grandkids or kids questions. But it said this, what would you change if you truly believed that today? Think about that for a minute. Do you believe that he created 
you, your inmost being? Do you believe that he knit you together? Do you believe that before the foundations of the earth, he knew you and knew who you were going to be and had a plan for you? And you're going to be here. He knows where you're going to lunch. Pretty powerful. He's heard me sing. And he still loves me. Listen one more time. I'll ask that question one more time. What? Let me read the whole thing. You are immensely valuable to God. He dreamed you up and carefully created you. And he doesn't make mistakes. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. What would you change if you truly believed that today? And we say this word a lot. It's called repentance. Right? You know what it really means? means to turn around or return back. Like pent is like the top, right? Repent, it means you're not pented anymore, right? So we repent, we return to that, that place, or we turn around. That means to change our mind. Not just about him, but about yourselves. Because he loves you that much. Amen. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Better one of them came before one of them came to be. Wow. Do you hear that? He knows it all. And then he says this. I love that he says this. Because as I saw our unformed body, all the days ordained for me were written in, in, in your book before one of them came to be. And then he still says this, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. How precious, man. In spite of you, in spite of what your mistakes, in spite of what you're going through, he's like, He's having precious thoughts about me, and those thoughts are precious to me too. And they're vast. How vast is the sum of them? Where I go, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you're for us. I thank you that you... we. We know that you love us. And I just ask that you reveal that love and let us experience the living expression, not just knowing your word. And so uh, as, a, as just an object, but knowing it as a person in you. We give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www dot silverlakebaptist dot o r g